after I found out that I'd lost my job, I had peace. Um, we had peace. But would we still hold on to Christ as our Prince of Peace days later, weeks later, or even months later, if necessary? God, you told us that you had the situation under control, but do we trust you to be true to your word? Do we truly believe that you always keep your promises? Hey friends, welcome to the Encourage, Inspire podcast. My name is Nathan. And I am Nina. In this episode, we will be talking about God as the one who watches over us and provides for our needs. We will also be providing an update to the story we shared in our first podcast episode. Be sure to check out that episode first if you want to hear the backstory. Our passion is building faithful families. Thanks for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning. After you lost your job, Nathan, you had a lot of unexpected free time. What were you doing to fill that time? I didn't have a job, but I kind of felt like my new job was to find a new job. So for that first week or so, I really had lost my, my usual routine. I was used to waking up at a certain time, doing certain things at the beginning of each day. But even though I, we didn't have a paying job, I didn't have a paying job, I was putting a lot of time and effort into looking for, for new opportunities. Something that I appreciated that you did is you would ask me every day, like, what's most important for us today? What's most important for what you need to be doing today? And you didn't do it in a way where I felt like you were watching me or, or trying to micromanage me, but just help me keep focus. And that was really meaningful for me as I was looking for new opportunities Really appreciate how so many people reached out, providing new opportunities to, to check into, and also even providing contacts and, and connections that I didn't have. And so people were definitely a big part of, of loving on us and, and helping us out as we were looking for that new opportunity. Yeah, and I even had people that, as I was speaking to friends and people I ran into, they were like, oh, hey, check this out, you know. Yeah. Something that was interesting is after you've done something for a while, you become comfortable with it. And when you have to think about starting something new, it sometimes is overwhelming. So I, I really did feel like imposter syndrome set in. And if you don't know what that means, it's it's when somebody doubts their skills, their talents, their accomplishments, and they kind of feel like they're a fraud. And I knew I wasn't a fraud. I knew, I knew I had skills that could be used. I knew I had skills that I had been developing. But there was just this sense of, well, maybe you're not good enough. And that was a little bit surprising in this process. So I appreciate your encouragement. And again, saying, you know, what's next? Uh, what are we going for? What's our goal? And just your encouragement along the way. I was asking questions to myself. What roles would I really be suited for? What, what job opportunities would I be good at? But I wanted something I could be good at, but also something I would enjoy. Again, I knew what I had been doing for the last five years, and I was trying to figure out how that translated into other companies and other roles. I did have some fear, some self-doubt going on, but something that was really important that we've, we've learned and relearned and relearned again is, is ultimately our identity is not found in work, it's not found in relationships, it's found in the work of Jesus Christ. And so, yes. as I was struggling through that fear, that doubt, I had to be reminded, okay, it's not about me, really. It's about Jesus working through me, working through you, working through us. And that grounded me again and just reminded me of, of what mattered most. 
And something with the imposter syndrome that you were talking about, I think that was Satan just trying to have you doubt. Mm. You know, that's not that's not what those kind of doubts and fears doesn't come from God. Mm. So that's a good call out. I was reminding myself to look to who I am in Christ. And I know something that's been really important for us in, in trying times is to go to God's Word. So something that has been meaningful for us at multiple times in our life, but especially in this time, was Matthew 6 and verses 25 through 34. Hey, Nina, would you mind reading these verses? So we're starting in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grasses of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In a time where we were experiencing loss, it's really easy to be anxious about providing for our needs. So these verses really hit home for us. In verse 25, there's a command that says, Do not be anxious about what you will eat or what you will wear. Providing food for eight people, providing clothing for eight people is not a, a small matter, right? But also in verse 25, there's a question that Jesus asked, is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? And so as we're anxious about these needs, I love it that Jesus says, but there's a greater purpose. Mm. Like it's, it's more, life is more than just the needs that we have. And then when we move down to verse 26, we are reminded that as, as human beings, we are more valuable. We're more valuable than the birds. And God provides for the birds, so why wouldn't He provide for us? And then as we keep going down through the verses in, in verse 28 and 29, God talked about clothing the lilies and them being even more beautiful than Solomon. And, and a Jewish audience thinking about Solomon would have thought about the finest clothes and the finest houses and the finest foods and the finest everything. God takes care of these flowers and he made them even more beautiful than what Solomon was wearing. And then in verse 30, there's that second comparison that says, we are more valuable than the lilies of the field. Verse 32 stands out to me. It reads, the Gentiles, the nations. The nations seek after these type of things. They seek after the provision aspects of life. In verse 33, we're reminded that those who belong to God's kingdom need to be kingdom-minded first. We need to be looking for the things that are right in God's eyes. And when we do those things, God makes sure he takes care of us. 
Yeah, I really like those verses. They're very comforting to know that we don't have to worry about these things. God already has a plan. Now, what's interesting, though, is we do worry about those things. Yeah. And and we're going to talk a little bit later, that balance between going, God, we give it all to you, but we're going to still be active in our obedience as we participate in what you're up to in our lives. On our own strength, we are not capable of being the kingdom-minded people that you spoke of, Nathan. The ability to put God's kingdom first is only possible when we have been made new by Jesus Christ, and we have to be living daily in His Spirit. So when we experience times of loss, like losing a job, a home, a family member, maybe even a friend, we really need to do a heart check and see what is driving us. Is it our flesh or is it the Holy Spirit that's leading us? What type of grief were you experiencing as you processed your job loss, Nathan? In those first few hours and days after I received the news that I lost my job, I I really had to be careful not to misplace my identity. We have learned the lesson that our identity is found only in Christ. And as a man, especially in that situation, I had to be careful not to place my identity in a job. For me, the job was an opportunity to provide for my family. And that's something I want to do well because Scripture gives me a responsibility for our family. So I want to do it with excellence. But I can't let the money and the provision be my identity and it can't become my idol. Another thing that a job gives is is security, stability, normalcy. And and for our family and for you, that's something that, that's really important, that you can you can do your day, that you can be with our family, that we can focus on the important things. Those are things we value. In in not having a job, I I was struggling with, well, how do I provide that for our family? And and not only the the aspects of job that are related to our family, but also I'd been with great people for Mm. five years. And when you're on a team that's filled with great people and you have developed friendship and camaraderie and memories, that's part of the grief process is, is it's not just what I'm losing to be able to provide for our family, but it's relationships that, that have been meaningful for the last five or so years. I put a lot of time and energy and commitment into developing myself to be good. And and I want to, <laughs> I say that out loud and then like, <laughs> I'm like, I need to pull that back. It, it's, it's not that we can't strive to be good at something. Again, it just can't be our identity. Like, I believe God calls us to a life of excellence, but we can't, make it about us. It Mm. still has to be about Him. And again, in that same vein, in that same arena of life, I had been thinking through a career path. I was thinking in one year and two year and three years, this is where I want to be. And so in a a moment, all of those things were were taken away. If I'd let myself drown in those thoughts, it would have been really bad. Mm. Like it would have been really bad. I do think, though, that you did a really great job of reaching out to those old teammates and seeing how they were doing and checking in on them. I Even even though you didn't need to do that or have to do that, you cared about them and wanted to see how they really were doing. I appreciate that call out. I want work to be about providing a good service to the company I work for, but I do want meaningful relationships in, in all aspects of my life. 
Hey, babe, as we were preparing for this episode, you brought up the idea of Ebenezer stones. Ebenezer is mentioned in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. Ebenezer was a place, but it could also mean a stone of help. And so the prophet Samuel, what he did is he set up an Ebenezer stone to help remind God's people that God was the one who helped them. Hmm. When you were thinking about my job loss, why did Ebenezer stones come to mind? For me, the Ebenezer stones is a reminder of things that God has done in our past, whether he's, I like that definition of just how God has helped us, um, a helping stone. And so we can look back and see that. When I looked back at a particular Ebenezer stone we had, I saw how he provided for all our needs. And we saw him walk us through a really dark valley into the other side of it, though. It seemed like a really long process. There was a lot of grief, but it was also different. This this job loss was different from that one that I'm speaking of because we weren't starting from scratch like we were at that time. So God reminded me of that Ebenezer stone of the past so that I could be excited about what he had planned for our future. I, he was faithful. He was going to do it again is how I saw it. It's amazing to look back and see how God has worked in our life. And and I want to be very cautious that this idea of an Ebenezer stone doesn't mean that everything you're reminded of is, is picture perfect, social media ready, just the best parts of life. When, when Samuel was giving that reminder to the people of Israel, they had had defeat after defeat, mm-hmm. and they had even turned away from God. And so what, what was happening with that, that event that was taking place is God had brought them back. They had repented. They had put their focus back on Him, and Samuel wanted everybody to remember that. And so I'm sure we're going to talk about the event you've, you've referenced in a future episode. But there was this idea of, for me personally, I had to turn my heart back to God. Hmm. And I had to be ready to listen to Him and hear Him. And so that Ebenezer stone is, is bittersweet. Hmm. But it's good for us. It's good. Definitely. Nina, why is it hard to wait for the Lord to show up? I think that sometimes it's challenging because you don't know how long you're going to be waiting. Hmm. It could be a short period of time, or He might have you wait a little bit longer period of time. You know, His timing is not our timing. And even though we think that we're getting close to running out of a, of a time frame, you know, he can butt us up to that time frame of, hey, just trust in me, wait mm. for me. And he never shows up late either. Hey, friends, we believe that God's word holds the keys to what we are facing in life. And even if you're waiting for something, waiting for something to happen or waiting to hear from God, be reminded that he has encouragement for you in his word. We're going to read some of uh, the verses that mean the most to us about waiting on the Lord. Lamentations 3.25 speaks about God's goodness. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. Psalm 27.14 talks about strength and courage. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Isaiah 40.31 talks about renewal. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They should walk and not faint. Psalm 130, 
verses 5 and 6 talk about hope. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Psalm 33 verses 20 through 22 speak about help and protection. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. We've, we've talked about it already, and it needs to be a pattern of our life as believers, but we need to let God's word guide us. Yeah. And so in those moments when you have to wait, it's good to know what waiting means for us as followers of Jesus. Waiting for me means that I need to be running to the Lord and seeking out His his words. I feel like the Psalms, a lot of them that we read just now are great reminders for me on how to wait for the Lord. We are still, we're seeking Him, but we can also be looking for what path He wants us to take and let Him be the one to either shut a door or show us what path we're supposed to go down. There's there's this interesting conflict between our, our human flesh and the, the spirit we receive uh, when we become followers of Jesus. And what you just talked about is something that I was struggling with during this time. What does it mean to wait for God to show up? When my actions, the actions I'm taking, is that me trying to take control? Or is that me stepping out in obedience? What I hope is that when there's opportunities to wait, I will first acknowledge if I just need to rest. Hmm. So sometimes I believe that when God asks us to wait, He says, rest, pursue me, but don't take other actions. But there's also times in life where waiting means we are are living in obedience while exploring what God is up to. Yeah. So, you know, God, are you in this? And God, are you in this? And so we have to explore, we have to take steps to figure out what God is doing, where He's on the move. The first couple of weeks after we, we learned the news was very stressful. Um, we had that peace. We knew God was up to something, and and we're still exploring what does that really mean? God, are you up to even more than what we're seeing right now? We're excited to let you know that God showed up in a real and meaningful way and, and in some ways even faster than we would have expected. So within uh, 14 days, within two weeks after hearing that I did not have a job, God had already given the next opportunity. There was that sigh of relief. Yeah. God, you don't leave us. You don't forsake us. You do have us under your care and your protection and your provision, like the birds of the air and the lilies of the fields. And it's just amazing. In a situation where I felt like, man, life is is going to spiral out of control, God shows up in His time and in this situation faster than we expected. Yeah. But shows up and He's like, hey, I'm, I'm bigger then all of this, I know your needs, and I want to provide for everything you you all need. Mm. It was really exciting just to see how quickly he moved and to see all that come to fruition. Yeah. So, so this podcast will be released in January 2023, but we heard the news, and it was before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so instead of it's having— Before our anniversary. Oh, also before that our anniversary. Was, which was a sweet gift. Yeah, so we, we were able to to rest in Him, but also rest from a lot of activities around the holiday season and, and invest time in our family and recoup from sickness. 
but also get to work on on this podcast. And we're excited to see where God takes that. Yeah. Hey, friends, we're really excited that we could share the ending of, of this part of our story. But there's so many more stories that we want to share. We appreciate that you are listening to the Encourage Inspire podcast. Again, it means the world to us. And we're very grateful if you would subscribe to our podcast and leave a comment. And just as a reminder, our goal, our hope, our vision is building faithful families. We want that to be our family. We want that to be your family. And we hope you have a blessed day. And talk to you guys next time.